Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I have a returning author guest that, um, number one, I've been up to Merlin, Oregon and been to his Life of Learning Foundation. And I have to say, anybody who's interested, check it out. Now, with COVID today, it's probably closed. Uh, but I can't wait for it to open back up again, Guy. <laughs> we have Guy Finley joining us. Guy, good day to you. How are you doing? I'm great, Greg. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us, and I appreciate uh, you coming back on the show, sharing some of your wisdom of the years that you have of teaching people uh, spiritual concepts and really how to let go. And you know, you're the best seller is your book called Letting Go. Uh, encouraging and accessible message is one of the true bright spots in our world today. Uh, his ideas cut straight to the heart of our most important personal and social issues, relationships, success, addiction, stress, which we're going to talk about today, peace, happiness, freedom, and the lead the way to a higher life. As I mentioned, uh, he is the founder of the Life of Learning Foundation. It's a nonprofit center for spirituality, uh, which is located in Merlin, Oregon. And if you want to learn more about it, you can just go to lifeoflearning.org. Uh, you can also go to Guy Finley, G-U-Y-F-I-N-L-E-Y.org as well. Um, through Life of Learning Foundation, Guy has presented over 5,000 unique self-realization seminars to thousands of grateful students throughout North America and Europe over the last 20 years and been a guest on 700 television and radio shows, including Inside Personal Growth, probably six or seven times. This might actually be his eighth. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and NPR. Uh, he's the foundation's popular key email featuring inspirational quotes by Guy. And now these e-courses, and the e-course we're going to be talking about is Success Without Stress e-course. Uh, this is a course that comes with a 27-page, uh, I'm going to say, workbook that comes with it. Uh, again, right up front, I'll mention it's well worth the price. It's only $14.95. So we'll have a, a, uh, an email link for all of you who are listening. Sometimes, Guy, I like to get those in up front because you never know how long people actually listen to all of this. Yeah. But So in, look, in light of the crazy world that we're living in, and I think we could all admit that there's parts of that are crazy, um, stress plays a very, very important role in everybody's life today. Not just the stress, but how to manage stress or how to cope with what's going on, whether it's, you know, just a marital issues because you're living in the same house so close together all the time, <laughs> or you're like saying, the hell with this mask. I'm not going to put this on anymore because it's stressful when you get in and out of the car to go to wherever you're going to put the mask on. So here's the thing. You know, stress is one of those things that it's a mindset deal. Um, of all these courses that you've been teaching all over the years and how to let go and live uh, a stress-free life, what advice would you tell the people today that are dealing with COVID and they're out there and they're uptight, they've lost their jobs, they don't have money coming in. Uh, there may be, we could have people listening who are driving into food banks to pick up food. We don't know who we're actually listening, who's actually listening today. But the issue is everybody's been affected in some way. 
yeah. and that has created more stress. What, what overall advice would you give? The first and foremost important thing that I could convey to anyone, regardless of their circumstance, <clears throat> is that the limit of our present view in any given moment is not the limit of our possibility. It is beyond the pale when it comes to important to recognize, Greg, as all of us should be able to, that there are always these moments in our life where something happens, the husband, the wife, the family, the friend, the business, the loss of job, and in those same moments, our attention is seized and it becomes reduced. And as it's reduced, we as human beings are reduced into someone who is then struggling to deal with something that is literally in the mind. It's not that the body isn't going through what it's going through, that we don't have these conditions, but when I see my life through the lens of an idea that is limited in its very inception, then everything I will experience accordingly will be through that minute mis uh, misunderstanding of my possibility in that moment. And here's the last thing I'll say about that. You and I and everyone else are created to be able to use every moment of our life to literally become a new kind of man or woman, predicated in a new understanding of who we are in relationship to the moment. So that's what I would tell everybody. Don't believe that the thing you see and that is talking to you about your possibilities is the only thing there is to see and that it knows your possibilities and that you have to sub uh, submit to that, uh, to that misunderstanding, to that limited view. Well, it, it is the consciousness level of, of which somebody operates to understand the principles of which you are speaking. And the other thing that goes along with stress is fear. And we've always said, I don't know how many times you've been on the show, seven, eight times, doesn't matter. But we've had this discussion abo uh, before about these emotions of love and fear. And so in the context of stress and fear and the counterpart, love, what would you advise people about loving themselves? Because what happens when you actually get into stress and you get into fear? you start to basically erode your own belief about who you really are. You need to love yourself, right? There is a, a, a saying of mine, if you will. Yeah. The, the listeners may want to write it down because it will encapsulate this moment and also all that we're going to talk about. And here it is. As goes my attention, so comes my experience. As goes my attention, so comes my experience. My experience of any given moment is the fruit of what my mind is attending to in that same moment. Now, the reason it's so important to understand that idea, that where my mind goes to, I, I follow. And what it lands on, I experience. So if I am without understanding and I 
don't get yet the idea that when it comes to psychological fear, it doesn't exist, Greg, without negative imagination. There is no psychological fear without negative imagination, pure and simple. And that means that when I'm afraid, my mind and my attention has been taken by and gravitated to some negative image, some picture of a time to come. Now look, yes, I may not have a job. I may have health issues. I may be in a rocky road relationship at the moment. But in that same instant of being a human being, when my attention goes to the image that I have of, oh, well, this means that and this is going to happen then, so I better prepare here, that's where fear comes in as opposed to this. We must learn in every moment to do what is in our power and refuse to do what is not to do what is in our power and refuse to do what is not. What is not in my power? I'm not going to change the economy, Greg. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change the fact that, you know, 120,000 people have died. I'm not going to change the fact that the political parties are tearing each other. I'm not going to change that. My power is to recognize that something in me wants to go to some thought or feeling that as it goes there, I start to get stressed. Just turn on the news, man. Yeah. And, you, you, and, and you're going to get stressed, whether you're right wing, left wing, in between, makes no difference because we all meet every moment with a kind of a foundation, an image of who and what we are that by the fact of the image proves to us that we know what is right and good. So my work is about helping individuals realize that if I'm full of stress and anger over what I'm seeing in the world, if I'm full of fear and trepidation because of my present circumstances, all of that negativity, pain, and useless stress can be seen as being useless and dropped on the spot, or more importantly, to turn those negative emotions into positive powers by gradually regaining my attention and doing what is in my power. What's in my power? To be present to myself. To be aware of what my own mind is doing. Imagine, Greg, for a split second, a man travels to a third, fourth world country. He's an anthropologist, a sociologist, and he's on the road to an open market where he's going to study the behavior of people bringing their goods. And as he walks along, coming up the road, he sees something he can't believe. What does he see? a man with a saddle on him being ridden by a donkey. What kind of deal is this, he thinks? How can a man have a saddle on him being and he's carrying a donkey? So he goes and he knows the language. He says, sir, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, you're carrying a donkey on your back and pulling a cart with sugar cane. Why is the donkey riding you? And the man says in his language, it's the only way I could get the donkey to go to the market with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now look, the simple story illustrates that we are not meant to be saddled by negative thoughts and feelings, mm -hmm. let alone do the work that the other parts of us are intended to do. So everything's upside down, Greg. 
because inwardly we are upside down. We have forgotten that we as human beings are endowed with the psychological, spiritual right to take every moment of our life that looks like straw and spin it into gold. And we spin it into gold by understanding our true relationship to those thoughts is someone who's not meant to be saddled by them, but is intended to ride them to whatever true destination we have in mind for our own growth and well-being. So let me ask you this. The, obviously, there's a lot of good coming from COVID. Now, yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty hard for a lot of people to see it, but I'm going to bring it in right now because yes. in the book Sapiens, I'll mention it, the writer, I forget the author, says that we are the sum total of the collective con- uh, col- our collective imagination. Yes. Our collective imagination. From a spiritual perspective, stress as re- this stressor, let's just call this event a, str- a stressor, that, this, that COVID became the stressor. Um, from a spiritual perspective, if what I just said were the sum total of our collective imagination, what do you believe the next realm of evolution is for us as individuals on the path of return to actually see? Because I've actually spoken to many very spiritual people and many of them are caught up in the same thing, the, the dogma and the fear. And when there's fear and stress, there's contraction, okay? Contraction in everything, Guy, and you know that. How do we help people look at this experience as an opportunity for expansion, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to hit a whole new level of consciousness spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, every area. Where, what would you tell people? I love the question. Look. The positive side of any so-called negative event is to understand why it is that I see it and feel it as being negative. I see the event because something in me compares it to an imagined value. For instance, I imagine that nothing bad should happen to me. I imagine that I know what it means to be a loving human being. I imagine that I know what it, how people should treat me. And I also imagine how the government and everyone else should deal with any circumstance that's challenging. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the point here is that can I begin to recognize that what this event is doing is it is serving as teacher. We know the saying, all of us do, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. We love the teacher, Greg, when it is commending, applauding, supporting, validating the images we have of ourselves, all in imagination. The word image comes from that which is imagined. We, as human beings, don't want anything that challenges or at least reveals a limitation in us. To the extent that we are identified with any image and subsequently attached to it, 
we are limited by that identity. Events like COVID reveal to us limitations in our own consciousness because mm -hmm. the event is a great revealer. It's like a sudden light coming on in a consciousness that has been in the dark, not knowing how attached and dependent it is on people, places, and possessions to substantiate identity. So in that split second, when this event comes, lo and behold, revelation of unseen limitation. I didn't know that I was so dependent on going out all the time, on being able to freewheel at restaurants and do the things I did. I had no idea that I really couldn't bear being alone as much as I have to be. So then COVID becomes the enemy instead of the teacher, instead of awakening, awakening me to the fact that I'm living from a mindset that is the best I could do. I can't blame myself. I don't judge myself. But now I see that mindset was a mindset based in a limitation I didn't know was there. Now, through the event, which reveals the limitation I have a possibility, at least, of recognizing time to let go of my resistance to the event instead of allowing the resistance based in the limitation to prove to me the event is all wrong and nothing good can come out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are created to extract gold from straw, to use every last one of these moments as a way in which through revelation comes a realization of a limitation. And through the realization of a limitation and integration, suddenly I'm no longer someone walking around believing that life has to be the way I think it has to be or something's wrong with life. Now I understand life is always bringing me something to help me enter into a broader relationship with a right. broader consciousness. Well, I think, look, if, if we actually truncated the interview right now, you gave what people need to learn about stress, yeah. right? Because yeah. if, if they just took the first 15 minutes of this interview and said, hey, what do I need to know about stress? Yes, sir. That is a key element of stress. Now, in the course, you're going to get a lot more. So let me take a tidbit out of the course. You say step out of the circle of stress. Yeah. All right. So you've been talking about the the mindset game that we have to play with ourselves to step out of the circle of stress. What other ideas do you have? I mean, I look, I know the biggest one is you've said it five, six, seven times already, our realization of what we're actually doing to ourselves in the moment and believing that that's true. And then living that out as if it was true, when in reality, you've said twice now, we can spend gold out of straw. Right. So, I mean, look, if it, if it just came down to that, we said, hey, guy, the interview's over, we're done. <laughs> you know, we're there. The, but, the, but the other thing is people go, well, how? Yeah. How? You know, you guys are great. You talk about all this. But I'm now right in the moment. You know, somebody, let's just somebody said, I just got an announcement that they, they terminated my job, right? I got three kids, I got bills to pay, got things to do, and I don't know what. 
where where would you tell that person to go in that moment? Because the and right in that moment, I'm going to tell you. They're probably going to tell you to go to hell. But the reality is, what would you tell them about that moment? You what know, is the um, universe teaching them in that moment? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take this. I'm going to come at it two different ways. Okay. First, I want to explain one of the first stages of this circle of stress. We don't believe, Greg, not one of us, that we have something in our own consciousness that is set against our own best interests. We just don't believe it. Right. We always have someone or something to blame for our pain. And that's why our pain is never turned into profit. We actually have to wake up. So that's what I do. I, in this particular course, the first step is attraction. It never dawns on us, like, I'm so attracted to nature. I have all these beautiful deer, the turkeys, all the wild creatures right. that I spend my time with. I'm attracted. When they come, I go outside. I love to hand feed the bucks. I love it. I'm attracted to my wife. She's a beautiful woman. She's been kind and good my whole life. I'm attracted to talking to you. I'm drawn to it. Why? Because I have a natural affinity towards these things that uh, validate this positive feeling I have about myself and my life. We also, Greg, are attracted to the things that aren't good for us. We can't blame another person for our addiction to food. We can't blame our mother and father for the fact that our mind always wants to return to the past and revisit a painful moment there. We can't blame and change, period. We cannot blame and change, period. Blame is the change killer. Now, what am I blaming? I'm blaming something my mind was attracted to. Look, you're sitting in your office. I'm sitting here in Southern Oregon. The possibilities of my attention to the moment unfolding are literally infinite. There is no way out of all the things that are going on that I could ever pick one thing that would be the summary of the moment. Would you agree with me? It is a, it's a, it's a full experience. Right. And yet I get the news and where does my mind go? Singular focus. Yeah. What is it attracted to? Everything that's wrong. Right. Everything that's going to happen. That's bad. I don't see my wife. I, now my attention, because it's focused on the negative sees my wife as part of the negative. I look at my car that was, I was happy to have it. Now it's everything goes and follows my attention. Now that's the first thing as goes my attention. So comes my experience. My attention is attracted to something that I resist pure and simple. Try and see this with me, everybody. Why would my mind bring up the one thing of all the possibilities that's painful in that moment. Because my mind telling me that's all that's important. Is that right? And the answer is no, it's not right. Just on a physical level, it's more important that I'm aware of my health and my stress than I am paying attention to what's destroying it. So that's one side of it, because I said there were two sides to it. The other side is this. Can I, in that same moment, realize that that which is drawing my attention 
to what is self-harming has a vested interest in it, Greg. It actually is giving me my identity in that moment. And that identity, that sense of self that's going to struggle, that sees everything going bad, has a cast of characters that come with it. All these thoughts and feelings that rise up as my attention is drawn to that one thing that support the whole illusion that that's all there is in life in this moment, and I have to deal with that one thing. Now, you answer for the listeners. Is my moment of being caught up in that misery something that is conducive to creativity? Is it enlarging my energy and my wish to explore new possibilities since that path may be closed down? Or is everything about that moment drawing me into a more and more tightly knit bound where I'm bound and thought circles itself? I see the problem. The problem tells me what I need to do. What I need to do is always predicated on a limitation derived from the problem imagined. And I go round and round, down and down I go. That's how we begin to break the stress cycle by seeing our complicity in it. And if we don't, Greg, there's nothing that can change. So in the moment, the question that I posed was, a person losing their job. But right. I remember somebody very, uh, with a great author, and, and you know her, Byron Katie. And she, she always used to say, is it true? Is it really true? What questions would you ask the listeners to ask themselves in the moment so that the realization became, oh, I get it. I get what I'm doing with myself. I need to wake up in this moment, right? And what I liked about that little technique that she used was, is it true? Because people would tell them a story, they'd believe the story and they'd go, well, is that really true? And then you'd ask yourself a question, well, maybe it's not so true, right? So what questions might you have for our listeners that would uh, infuse them with the ability to like wake up and have this realization that this isn't true? I would, I would urge the individual in that condition to come as awake as they can to the whole of their experience of the moment, not just to what they are blaming the pain on, that they can't be blaming that moment without something reaching a summary resistance to it. Here's the point. Is this that I am experiencing good for me? Is it good for me to feel this anger? Is it good for me to be afraid? Not, is it necessary? Not, is it something that I can avoid? Just pure and simple. How does it feel right now to be someone full of fear? Pure and simple. And if we're honest with the question, we'll see, you know what? This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good, and neither does any one of the conclusions that is derived from that feeling good for me. Why? Because fear doesn't know anything about freedom. Period. Anger knows nothing about love. Frustration knows nothing about compassion. And when we can see the truth of our state, Greg, 
be aware of what the teacher is showing us in that moment, then we will not be deceived into believing that fear, anxiety, or anger is going to guide us through this moment. It is the problem itself. Then I can begin as that process of separation takes place to use my energies to see other possibilities. If all I see is what I fear, I see fear's answers. Right. If all I see is what worry tells me is so, I see so-and-so as being the only solution. So I'm blind, Greg. But we don't think we're blind because we see the problem and the problem is telling us what to do to make ourselves whole. See that I can't see in that moment. We all know the saying, amazing grace, I was blind, but now I see. When we resist a condition, the resistance kills the possibility of learning anything from it. So in pulling all of this together around this stress course that you've got, right? And so yes. kind of sum up our interview and our time here. Is it really possible in your estimation? So there's a two part question. Number one, yes. to live a stress-free life. Okay. Like yes. we all understand the various stress ors, right? Bank account, wife, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Right. There's plenty right. of stressors. <laughs> uh, so, so then the 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 second part two to the question. So the first part, can we live a stress-free life? And if we can live a stress-free life, what is the what are the two things that I have to be aware of to remove the stress or eliminate the stress in the moment? All right. You have asked a question that I didn't know I've been waiting my whole life to be asked. First, it is impossible to live a stress-free life. In fact, the whole reason we have stress is because we believe that we can. It's an illusion. Mm -hmm. There isn't a creature in nature, not a blade of grass, not a deer, not a tree, that isn't developed through stress, that isn't made into something stronger, truer, more noble by the fact that life disturbs it. So the whole thing is a misnomer. What if we could, and we can do this, look at the moment of stress, the disturbance, as being a wake-up call, not a you're dead call, not a that's the end of all other possibilities, but the disturbance as a revelation, as the possibility of understanding, look, whatever is being hit by me, in me by the moment, is in fact, obviously, apart from the moment. I couldn't be knocked down if there wasn't something standing up. Do I want to live in a world like the trees and the grass and all the creatures that is ceaselessly being changed and moved in strength in all the righteous qualities, Greg, that's what stress is intended to do. It's intended to show us where we don't know something about ourselves that is a limitation, and now we have a chance to see it. That's one. Number two, because you asked me if we can live a stress-free life. So the first thing I'm doing is saying, no, we can't. I get it. Because to live without debates growth, right? 
So that's the first thing. The whole paradigm is a mistaken paradigm. And if it's a mistaken paradigm, which it is, and we can at least grasp the idea that life is intended to help us grow instead of pushing us down when we fear it, the two questions, the next part of the question you asked me is, what do I do then? Is that what are right? the two, What are the two things that would create an awareness uh, to uh, reduce or eliminate the stress? The first thing is start in the right place. Our default mechanism of an unconscious mind is to measure the event according to what we've imagined life should be like. That's the wrong place to start. That's the collective consciousness full of all of its attachments and dependency that summarily rejects anything that challenges the image. So we have to start in the right place. And the right place is to recognize, yeah, I feel this stress. I'm angry. I don't want to go through this. But can I understand that that's trying to get me into this circle of a level of consciousness that can't do anything? It doesn't change the condition and it destroys me. Am I in the right place? What's the right place? Let me sit back from this moment and become aware of what this moment is helping me see about myself I couldn't see. And the next thing is, should I judge what I see? And the answer is no. We are not here to judge ourselves when we see this anger and stress and frustration. We're here to recognize that those states can't guide us to a stress-free life. Those conditions are the manifestation of stress. So if I get angry or frustrated because I lose my job, and then I resist and blame the economy or the world for my pain, then I'm a captive of that resistance that's blind, that starts in the wrong place and leads me to the wrong place because it doesn't know anything about the real purpose of the moment, which is to develop me as a human being and as a human being begin to change the collective consciousness that we are all presently asleep in and trapped by. Well, I think for the listeners, most important people on this podcast, <laughs> that, 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 you know, leading or having success without stress or knowing how to realize it when it is and where we are and what the lessons are from, that's what you've done. You've articulated this morning is, you know, here's the lesson. I understand it's a lesson. I don't have to believe that this is, you know, the reality that I created. Let me get out of this by shifting emotionally, spiritually, every way to move out of that moment. So if you were to summarize it all, put it in yeah. a package, which you if kind you of just did. did. You just did it. Now I'm <laughs> going to summarize it. Okay. Let's write this down. Success is not a time to come. Success is not a time to come. I'm either fulfilling the purpose of my existence as a human being, which is the real definition of success, right? Because it's aligned with everything or I'm not. And then understanding success is not a time to come. Begin to see that the reason I'm stressed is because this moment tells me that the time I imagined is coming is not coming. Right. Because so success is something that people say I have to aspire to. I'm not yes. there yet. Yes. And in reality, you are there. You are enough. Exactly. The way you are, as long as you realize that, because this, 
your spiritual evolution is a result of those awarenesses. Yes, right? that's it, Greg. That's it. To be truly profitable. Um, what does it profit a man to have gained the whole world? Most of us know the Christian scripture. The original Aramaic meaning of the word profit is to ascend. Mm -hmm. Not to add something to yourself, but to rise in a new order of realization that success is not something that I'm going to get my hands on because the minute I got my hands on it, the COVID's going to come along, the next condition, and it's going to feel like it's taking it from me. Right. What you are and what you have been given that is true success can't be taken from you. And we have to meet the moment with that understanding. The feel is real, but the why is a lie when it comes to fear and stress. The feel is real, but the why is a lie. And we need to understand that so we can start in the right place. And the right place is being present and recognizing I'm being asked by the moment to see what I have not yet understood about myself that is the real limitation and liberation follows each revelation. The principles of which you speak are something that whoever's listening, still listening to this podcast at this point or watching the YouTube video um, are a revelation in themselves. And I just want to thank you for being you, being on the show, the Life Learning Foundation. Uh, in our blog, for those that are still watching this video, uh, you will have links to this online course. You will have links to the Life Learning Foundation, to guyfinley.org. You can go there. Uh, probably the easiest way to get it is just guyfinley.org. We want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, namaste to all of my listeners. Namaste to you as well. Thank you for uh, your few minutes here of wisdom on stress with, or I should say success without stress. <laughs> I was going to say stress without success. Uh, where we are. Been, uh, yeah, <laughs> stress without success. But it's been a pleasure having you on again uh, for whatever time this is, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time. I love having you on and I, I love having you as a guest. So thank you for being you and thank you for sharing all of your talents uh, with the world. We've been friends a long time and I appreciate the support. And I love talking to you about these things because you always have a, a good look into the center of them and bring out the right questions for me. Thank you, Greg. You're quite welcome.